Alright man, this is episode number 65 of the Cozy Corner of Cinema. This is being recorded on Saturday, June 24th, 2023 at 12.06pm. Hope you all have been having a very good and productive week. Uh, we got a nice kind of rain shower going on outside here. It's really beautiful weather, actually. It's very cloudy outside. It's the perfect kind of weather to stay inside, get cozy up with a book or a film, and just kind of relax, man, if that is what you intend to do so, you know. Uh, it's just really, really terrific out there. The, uh, the cats are inside, they're cozying up on the beds, man, sleeping, you can hear them purring, probably having some wild dreams, it's just completely euphoric, completely just a sight to marvel at, man, it's, it's just terrific. I was driving yesterday, I had to go pick up some food, and it was a nice sunny day. I had Tuesdays Gone by uh, Leonard Skinner on. I was coming up over this uh, overpass, taking a turn, and just the uh, roads and the trees being painted by the sunlight, man, while I got the window down. It's a nice warm breeze, very cool kind of wind with the music going up, man. It was truly a sight to marvel at that you can't put into words. You know, when you're in it and you experience it, it kind of transcends any kind of uh, vocabulary you can try to put on it, but... It's just, what a what a beautiful sight it is, man. Wow. It's beautiful, man. Alright. Plenty to get done in this next coming week or so. Next week's going to be very uh, full. We've got uh, to do a Blu-ray episode for July. Got to do another Cozy Corner. And got to do the uh, Top 10 in 1934. Which should be coming... Probably early next week. I don't know if it'll arrive exactly on Saturday the 1st, but it'll show up with at least in the first half of the week. I try to get those episodes out as soon as I can. Try not to, to delay them for too long so I can get started on the uh, next list. But, uh, you know, it takes time to prepare, get notes together, you know, refresh yourself on films. Because has been a couple times. You just watch these films and months have passed you go back to and you just got to kind of uh, either rewatch it or sort of just get a real kind of review on it. You know, remember the points you wanted to bring up. Because, you know, you watch so many films and you intake so much media that it can be tricky to remember specific exact details. You know, you go back to it later and you're like, oh, of course, how could I forget that? You know, it's just really something to be on for. But anyways... I was at the cinema yesterday, and they showed a trailer for a new documentary, which uh, I can't wait for, man. It's a new documentary about the making of Midnight Cowboy. And I mentioned before, let me get the uh, name up here. Yeah, Desperate Souls, Dark City, and the Legend of Midnight Cowboy. I uh, mentioned before the book that I had read uh, a little while ago about the making of Midnight Cowboy. Let me just get the name of it here. It's in the other room, but I'll see if I can pull it up here. Uh, here we go. Yeah, it's called Shooting Midnight Cowboy. The full title is Art, Sex, Loneliness, Liberation, and the Making of a Dark Classic, written by Glenn Frankel from 2022, which was a good book. It's a, it's a very solid book. Uh, it's, uh, what looks interesting about the book and what looks to be the documentary as well is that while it is about the film itself, it's more about the climate of the time, you know, in terms of a post-Vietnam era, you know, the, I was talking last week when I was talking about variety, 
about New York in the mid '80s, and I should I actually also wanted to correct myself. I, I don't know if I intentionally said it, but I didn't mean to. That the Variety Theater was not in Times Square. It was actually some. It was near. I believe it was near Times Square, but I think I may have said it was there, but it, it is not. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that. But it's interesting to see New York at that point. Uh, it, you know, looking at it in. Midnight Cowboy, you know, kind of a lot of the danger that was around, a lot of the grunginess, a lot of uh, vets coming home and just really not knowing what to do with their lives, man. I, there was a documentary that I actually wanted to watch. I think it was about 20 minutes or so, and it was about um, a lot of the Vietnam vets who were coming home uh, and, you know, were either, you know, suffering from severe PTSD or were addicted to drugs and kind of wandering the streets, and I wanted to write down the name of that. I, but anyways, that looks like a very interesting documentary is going to have to be watched, but yeah, that Midnight Cowboy documentary looks fantastic, I, I definitely can't wait for that, it looks like they got interviews with um, Bob Balaban and John Voight, uh, so definitely will be on that, like White on Rice when that's available, and uh, I've talked about John Schlesinger on the show a couple of times, some of his films, uh, he did a really terrific film from 76, also with Dustin Hoffman, uh, Marathon Man, and in the book they talk about his film Darling, uh, which I, I really want to watch, uh, there was another film that he did, I wanted to maybe it was just darling all right maybe i think of something else but yeah darling's one that i'm gonna have to definitely get on at some point man that's been on my watch just since i read that book and uh yeah man they talk about him uh being uh an english filmmaker someone from london coming to america to make this kind of film man to really kind of show the what kind of the the not just New York, but what America was turning into, you know, this sort of divide amongst, you know, the, the youth and the political divide and, and the state of New York, you know, uh, not the, like, literal state, I mean, like, the, like where it was at, and sort of the, the dirtiness, the grunginess, you know, people kind of wandering around, almost like zombies in a way. I love what Paul Schrader said about Taxi Driver when he described Travis Bickle as, like, a, him and his taxi cab are like a, uh, like a casket on wheels just floating through the street and it's just such a haunting image and such haunting vocabulary to uh, think of, but it's always kind of really stuck with me. But that'll definitely be watched when that is available, uh, hopefully sooner than later. But uh, Midnight Cowboy was one that, after I read that book, I had every intention to go back and rewatch, and then I just never did. I have that on Criterion in the other room. Um, but that's, uh, I mean, I've, I've said before, I think that's just a brilliant film. I think that's just one of the really important seminal films from the transition to uh from the old hollywood to the new hollywood along the lines of films like bob and carol ted nallis and joe um just a lot of these really uh, uh brilliant sort of aware films i say brilliant maybe not so from the film itself like bob and carol ted nallis is a film i like a lot but i wouldn't call it brilliant in the way that i would call like you know midnight cowboy or you know uh, like even Joe, I think is a brilliant film. I think the, what that is saying, and um, also from a historical kind of standpoint, sort of the new nihilism and narcissism. Maybe not narcissism so much, but the nihilism and sort of the bleak, the the bleakness going into the seventies and the transitional period that I was going through. That book I mentioned before, uh, I wanted to say. Uh, it's called Revolution, which is a really brilliant book uh, that if you are at all a fan of 
me just pull up the name here. If you were at all a fan of, I think it goes up to the 70s. I think, um, what the hell is it? Not not Pictures at a Revolution. That's a different book, also ironically, about Hollywood. Um, but this book, Revolution, that, of course, now I'm trying to find it. And uh, it's not going to work. Yeah. But anyway, it's about primarily just the 60s and the world cinema that was coming out of it. They talk about, you know, like the, uh, the French New Wave and the Italian neorealism and a lot of the Hollywood films that are being made into, and I think it ends at around the 70s, um, talking about what the filmmakers would go on to do afterwards, some who would go on to make uh, interesting later work and others who um, either uh, had early deaths or just didn't uh, ever really make that many memorable films afterwards. And they talk about, like, I, you know, and actually, I don't remember if they talk. Well, they talk about uh, uh, Antonioni, of course, but um, more so in terms of uh, you know from his '60s uh, films to specifically Zabriskie Point from 1970, which is a very um, politically charged film. I would say probably his most politically charged film um, uh, 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 with his criticisms of America. At that point, uh, which I actually, I just watched Zabriskie Point probably about a couple months ago or so. Uh, it was great because I had watched The Other Side of the Wind, which Orson Welles was making direct, uh, uh, was directly lifting from some of the sequences in Zabriskie Point. If you've seen both these films, you have the characters wandering through the desert, these sort of lost, uh, uh, you know, young adults. But anyway, so TCM had it on, so I, I went ahead and watched that. And it's, it's a very interesting film. I don't know. It didn't quite resonate well with me. I don't think it's quite as nuanced as Antonioni's other work. I think Antonioni, uh, I, the more work of his that I've seen, the more I, I really have found myself just completely enraptured with him as a filmmaker. I think he is a brilliant filmmaker, and everything I've seen of his I either have loved or liked. And I think Zabriskie Point is my least favorite of his work. Um, I haven't seen The Passenger yet from 75 with Jack Nicholson. But I think when he was... His his earlier work, I, I just find a lot more subtle and nuanced. Uh, his work of, like, Blow Up and La Ventura and La Nott and La Clisse. Especially, like, Red Desert, I think, is brilliant. That... Uh, it's funny that Zabriskie Point is his follow-up to Blow Up, which Blow Up, I think, is a brilliant film, and Zabriskie Point is a interesting film, but I don't know if... It, it's, it's, a, it's just a different climate. It's a different, it, it, it's a different kind of film for Antonioni. It's much more... At times feels almost... I don't even want to say cinema verite, because it's really not that, but it feels a little bit more improvised. There's the sequence at the beginning of the film when you have all the college kids kind of debating and, and arguing and that feels, I wonder how much of that is scripted and how much of that is, um, intentional, you know, before you get to later in the film when it's, you know, these two characters kind of off on their own, uh, wandering around. And, um, it is worth watching though. I, I think at least once I, it may be a film that I, I would have to come back to, but I just don't think it's quite up to par with his other work, which is obviously, you know, unfair to say for a filmmaker, oh, you know, what was that, what's the Woody Allen film when they're talking, every, everything he does, they're talking about, well, it's not as good as it really work. I think it was, uh, oh my gosh, what the hell was that film? There's so many, I mean, there's so many Woody Allen films that it's hard to remember which one, it, not, oh my gosh, it's going to bother me now what that film was. I'm going to have to look this up, actually. 
Um, Sony probably already knows the film that, uh, gosh, you know what, actually, I wouldn't, no, no, it was, uh, gosh, you know what, I'm not even gonna try to find it now, because I, is it Stardust Memories? I think that might be it. Is that when he was at the, the festival? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's what it is. While attending a retrospect on his work, a filmmaker recalls his life and his loves, the inspiration, inspirations for his films. That's what it was. Oh, God, I just hit my knee. Yeah, Stardust Memory takes a very good film from 1980. Uh, anyways, that is a t whole other tangent right there. Moving on from there. All right. Moving on from there. Uh, let's see, I want to talk about this film. Yeah, let's talk about this. A film that I mentioned last week. Uh, a film that has uh, stuck with me in the time that I have, in the time that's passed since I've seen it. I've seen this film twice now, and it's a film that has, has uh, you know, I've said before there are there are great films that you watch that maybe don't stick with you. You know, I, I'm thinking of recently. I'm thinking of like films I've seen this year, and I'm like, okay, these are great films, but I don't know how long lasting they are, and it's impossible to say exactly how a film will emotionally resonate with you with time past. It's, I don't think it's good to immediately evaluate a film uh, or any kind of art uh, because with time past, there are, you know, you, you're, you are, are not the same person you are years ago or, or months ago or anything like that. And that's not to say that, you know, you don't have the same beliefs or the same ideologies or the same kind of opinions. It's more so that when you have time past and you have experiences past that can mirror the art that you take in or may not emotionally resonate with you. I, I look at a film, I look at one of my very favorite films ever easily. You know, I, I don't, I don't have, like, a top list or anything like that. I, I, funny enough, actually, I tried to make a 100 favorite films list, and I kept taking films off and putting films on. I can't... When somebody asks me, what's your favorite film? I don't have a favorite film. I have... I, I love different films for different reasons and, and different films and different art forms uh, emotion uh, emotionate, <laughs> resonate with me emotionally. I'm just making up words now. But a film like Gus Van Sant's My Own Private Idaho with Keanu Reeves and River Phoenix, which the first time that I saw that film, I it didn't I didn't get it at all. And when I say I didn't get it, I don't mean I didn't understand it. That's a shallow kind of reasoning. Um, there are films I don't understand from a shallow point of view that I have great feelings on, positively. But it's a film that I watched, and I just I just thought I don't I don't I don't know what you're trying to do with this. And then I watched. It was a film that stuck with me. Stuck with me. And I knew I didn't like it, but I was thinking, why is this still sticking with me? Why am I still replaying scenes? Why are there better films that I have seen after this that I remember less about? And ultimately, when I went back with at least years past, I mean, or maybe not years, I think it was like a year, like months, or, and it was a good amount of time for, for it to be a, a significant amount of time. But I, I eventually went back and I watched it, and it was like watching it for the first time with a completely different perspective where I'm watching that film and I'm watching the way that scenes are played out and the, and certain musical cues are played. Not, when I say musical cues, not like songs, like record, like needle drops. I'm talking about like 
certain moments, the way they, they correlate with the score and certain directorial choices that I, at first I was like, I don't understand what you're trying to do with this, that on second viewing, I'm able to understand more and get them more emotionally attached to. And that's why I think that film is, that's a whole other conversation. The film I was talking about here, which I think has been slowly creeping up to being a favorite film of mine, um, but I, I would need to watch it for a third time, is uh, from a, a, a filmmaker I admire a lot, and I think a lot of people like a lot, Jim Jarmusch, his 2016 film Patterson, with Adam Driver and uh, Gol, Golshifte Farahani? Good God, I can't say names. You may be thinking to yourself, Dan, you can't pronounce any names. You're always getting people's names wrong, and you're absolutely right. I get films wrong. I was calling the Banshees of Inishirin the Banshees of Inishirin. My bad. Anyways, this is a beautiful film. This is a very meditative film about the week in the life of this guy named Patterson, who lives in Patterson, New Jersey, played by Adam Driver. And he lives with his girlfriend, and he, you know, is a bus driver. He lives he lives a very cozy life. He lives he lives a very relaxed, almost meditative, uh, 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 kind of Buddhist, in a way, sort of lifestyle. Nothing seems to get him upset. He he writes his poetry. He loves his girlfriend. And it's you're watching this film, and it's just a week in his life, and the. It's light on plot, it's light on conflict, but it's more about this character going through life, and he has achieved this sort of nirvana, where he enjoys listening to the people on his bus, he enjoys, you know, his rituals of going to the pub and having a pint and talking to the, uh, talking to the bartender and the owner and they have conversations about you know he's talking about this like they he's trying to beat himself at chess and there's no tv at the pub and he's talking to like uh you know the, the his co-worker who has a very kind of ah, my wife's doing this and that you know how are you ah, i'm all right you know and it's you're watching the film and as a viewer your your guard is up more than his is because you're noticing things that the character either doesn't notice or doesn't seem to is not bothered by you know, he has a girlfriend who he loves very much, and she loves him, but, you know, maybe she does a couple things as a viewer, you're like, ah, I don't know about, and, you know, Patterson maybe doesn't know about, but you're okay with, you know, like, there's one point where she talks about getting a guitar because she wants to, you know, uh, even though money, you know, is, is, yeah, they try to be okay with their money, but she's like, ah, I want to buy this guitar, and, you know, that you can see that maybe he's like, I don't know if that's the best idea, but because he loves her so much, and he's willing to be like, you know what, because you want, because you this is important to you, I want you to have this, you know? And then there's a point in the film where the closest thing to a conflict, uh, and she's like, you know, I'll make, can I make you feel better? Can I play you a song on the guitar? And he almost immediately is like, no. Like, he knows that, like, you know, he, he is, this isn't something that really interests him. And in this moment in time when he needs to be kind of by himself and isolated, he doesn't, doesn't want to indulge in that, and he doesn't want to be mean or rude. And so as an audience member, you're watching this, and there's one moment in the film that's just so sweet where they go to see uh, a film. Uh, actually, I'll let you see what film, I'll let you uh, 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 find out what film they're seeing. So, uh, it's a uh, interesting film they, that, that Jarmusch decides for them to see, uh, which is a very good film as well. And he just looks over and you, he's not watching the film. He just looks at her and, and he doesn't say anything. It's just a look. 
and you just see how content he is, you know? It's sort of like he has achieved that kind of nirvana in his life that I think a lot of us uh, try to strive for, you know? I, I love the way that Adam Driver plays a role. It's a very subtle, subdued, relaxed role. And when I say relaxed and subdued, that is not in replacement of, oh, well, he's not saying much, so you're, you know, he's not doing a lot of acting, which I think is very easy for, I, you know, some films that you see, I, I, or I where you have an actor, uh, and it's like, well, they don't have a lot of dialogue, so they're not really needing to do a whole lot, and it's just like, I don't agree with that, you know? There are films where I think when a character says how they're feeling or says a certain expo expository line, Oftentimes, it can get in the way of the film itself. You know, when you watch a film and the character and you know characters are just telling you what they're feeling instead of showing it to you, uh, you know, it, it definitely depends on the context of the film. But oftentimes, that can be a detriment. You know, if you're how often in our lives are we saying exactly what we're feeling? You know, probably not as often as a character in a film because we don't need to express to somebody else like a character would in a film. Like, hey, I'm, I, hey, audience, I am feeling this right now. I am feeling sad. And, you know, how many times do you watch a film where a character has all this exposition that you would never say to a person? You know, you watch a film and it's like, you and I have had a past. There was a time we did this and there was a time we did that. And now I am fed up with our relationship. And I remember I was watching a film and I was like, there, there was one sequence early on where it was an ex-wife of a character. And I was like, good God, man. They are just explaining their entire bet. They're like, you left us when you did this. And then I grew up with this and our daughter. And I'm like, good God, man. These characters, this character would never say that in this situation. That is just such poor writing. Good God, man. I remember even when I watched that film at the time, I was like, what is going on here, man? But with Patterson, there are other moments, like, you know, when you're, uh, like, there, there's, uh, the way that Jarmusch decides to show certain things, like, we see, a, like, the dog, who also has an IMTV page, <coughs> funny enough, but the dog being left on its own, like, while Patterson's at the pub, you know, we wonder, was something going to happen to this dog? Why are they choosing to, choosing to show this, you know? And you got to watch the film and see if that is a red flag or if that is intentional. Like, you as an audience member notice that, but Patterson maybe doesn't. Not so much out of negligence, but because maybe he's confident enough that nothing will happen to this dog or, or anything like that, you know? I think what I like about Jarmusch as a filmmaker so much is that even if I don't like all of his films, to me he as a filmmaker is far far more interesting than somebody who takes no risks and no chances you know i i watched a film recently i'm not gonna name i'm not gonna go on a tie right here but i watched a film recently from a filmmaker uh which is a filmmaker people like you know and that's fine and you know i, I like his early work but i watched a new film of his and i'm watching i'm going there is no heart there is no life this is a soulless reliance on exactly what you expect you know i was watching this film and i was like there is no risk taking there is no chances this is this is like comfort for the audience and if the audience likes it that's fine but it's sort of like i'm watching this film and i'm like this is to me in no way different than a marvel film because you know exactly what you're going to get there are no risks being taken and it's just it's very you're not getting anything out of it intellectually and when i say that i'm you know, I say a Marvel film, but I'm not taking a dig at Marvel films. Obviously, I understand the appeal, and, and I, I think that's great that people come together and like those. I'm saying that from, from my point of view that, 
you know, it's almost like on autopilot, you know, like, like, like anybody could make this film. Um, and, and that's why when I look at like that, that film that I saw, it's just like, there's no heart, there's no soul. This is completely just a safety net. Um, so I watched Jarmusch and I get the complete opposite. His earlier work, which I haven't seen all of his films. I, there's a handful of his work that I haven't seen. Let me see here. I've seen in order. I've seen Stranger Than Paradise, um, Down by Law, um, Dead Man, Only Lovers Left Alive, Patterson, and The Dead Don't Die. So I know I've heard uh, Permanent Vacation and Coffee and Cigarettes both very good. Actually, I have a Blu-ray of Broken Flowers. Oh, I've also seen Ghost Dog. I forgot about that film. Uh, I have a a Blu-ray of uh, Broken Flowers that I have not seen yet, but I hear it's pretty good. But with his films, you know, some of his films I don't like more than others. I would say that, I don't want to take a dig at this, you know, I don't want to be a jerk, but like, to me, I think The Dead Don't Die is his weakest film. I think the writing in that film is just very poor. I, there is, she's trying to do too much, but it doesn't work. But to me, I'm, I watch that film and I go, okay, well, this feels different than Patterson. This feels different than Only Lovers Left Alive. This feels different than Stranger Than Paradise. He's trying to do something different. And, okay, it doesn't work for me, but I'm okay with that because... If it does land for me, or it does land... Maybe you watch The Dead Don't Die, and you're like, I thought that was one of his best films, and that's completely your prerogative. Then you can look at that and his other work and go, okay, he's taking chances, he's taking risks. You know, when I see filmmakers who don't take risks or chances, not that you have to, but when I see films that are almost like on autopilot, it's sort of like, like, what are you doing, man? You know, that's why, like, you know, just, just certain... Just that's why I love like what Scorsese does, man. Because he'll he'll do his he'll do films you might expect of him that are also brilliant, but then he'll do films like Kunden or The Age of Innocence or Silence or even when he goes back to his kind of not even necessarily back when he does something that you expect more traditional like The Irishman. It's like you know you 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 think you're gonna be watching one thing and then it's almost a meditative sort of self reflective life. Uh, or a self-reflective analysis of the life of these people and how this lifestyle is a very isolated one. It's not. It's not Goodfellas. It's not Casino. It doesn't revel in the carnage. Not that those films do either. But you know what I'm saying is that it's you know the violence and that and the Irishman is quick. It's brief. It's harsh. You know, it's, it's not harsh. I'm sorry. It's very like matter of fact. You know. Uh, but that's why I love Jarmusch. I think he's such an interesting guy. And also, you know, he's a guy. He's such an interesting guy as well. You know, he, he's you know. That's full of the conversation right there. But with Patterson, it's just one of these films that's really stuck with me that I've just thought about endlessly, you know. Uh, and I've seen Adam Driver in other films, uh, and I just am always brought back to his performance here. And I think Adam Driver, I've he's just become one of my favorite actors working right now. I think anytime he appears in a film, it's, it's definitely, in, uh, uh, in, you know, it's like, oh, that's terrific. You know, he, he saw something in the script that uh, 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 made him want to be on board, you know? It's just, I, I think this is a film that I don't think has been talked about enough in terms of Jarmusch's work, because um, his recent work, I, I think Only Lovers Left Alive got a lot of talk. Remember, there was a lot of talk when that came out, and I like that film quite a bit, actually. That's a very interesting uh, vampire film. That's more about the characters than it is about the any kind of uh, horrific kind of uh, uh, aspect to it, I should say. With, uh, you know, very good performances by um, Tom Hiddleston, Tilda Swinton, Mia, uh, how do you say her name, Wasikowska, and Anton Yelkin, R.I.P. And that film feels different than Patterson, which feels different than that they'll die, you know, it's just, 
uh, uh, great stuff. So, yeah, if you're... Uh, also, there's a connection. I was talking about L.A. Without a Map last week, and there's a Jarmouche film featured in that, which I will not spoil, and I wouldn't recommend looking up. It takes a nice surprise if you watch the film, but either way... Uh, I, I, this was a Amazon film, I believe, so uh, you should be able to watch this on Prime, and this, I think, has a Blu-ray as well. Uh, but anyways, this is completely worth your time, and I think this is a, one of the most uh, beautiful films of recent memory, and I say recent memory of, like, maybe the past decade or so, um, which I think is a good starting point. I say recent memory, and then I, I always forget. I'm like, oh, man, you've, like, 2018 was, like, five years ago. Good God, man. You know, I always talk about, uh, you know, being aware of time and using it wisely. So you definitely don't want to be wasting it on situations or scenarios or people that you don't want to be associated with. You know, it's sort of like you really got to use your time the way that you find benefit. It's going to be the most beneficial to you if that means staying inside and working on your art or going out and seeing acquaintances or lovers or friends or whatever it is. Then that is completely your something that you need to be at the forefront of, you know, if you're finding yourself, why, you know, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Why am I associating with these people? If you find yourself in that situation, then I think it's time to take a step back and, and kind of reflect on, on where you're at. But anyways, guys, uh, this episode is just about wrapping up. So it's still raining out a bit of sun outside, a little less cloudy. The cat is now cleaning himself because I'm sure I probably woke him up. Uh, but anyways, guys, um, use your time wisely Make sure you are doing good. Make sure you're eating good. All that good stuff. I'll be back next week uh, with a couple episodes. Like I said, the July Blu-ray episode will be coming. Another Cozy Corner. And then the top 10 of 1934 will be out. So you guys take care. All the best. Uh, That's all I got.